take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. Tom, have you... um, I don't know if you've heard about this. Um, Well, first of all... you correct me. You fill in the blanks here, but I love nothing more than to do that. My perception that. of uh, the original <laughs> Finley, your dad, mm-hmm. uh, his his sort of relationship with you and your brother is that as a single sort of weekend dad, yep. he did his best to make sure that those were always like fun and free times. Uh, free definitely is the case. Yeah, fun of course was sort of was definitely a part of it. Um, yeah. You know, and he would, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. He did his best. I mean, like he didn't, uh, you know, he he took a break from his womanizing during yeah. those weeks. I think it was every other weekend, so he still got plenty right. of still got plenty of or awful awful poontang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was totally it was totally visitation rights. Dad no. comes over. Yeah, we had that's a, great, a good point. He had his own swinging bachelor lifestyle, uh, but then every other weekend it was like <laughs> you guys were the priority. Shut that shit off, and we'll yeah. go to the park or the do this and. Over, I mean, you know, depending on how lazy we were, he was feeling and all like yeah. that, and it sort of got a little bit more sort of back, uh, lazy, sort of more lazy as time went by, because yeah. he realized we were pretty fucking easy to please. Sure. Well, I mean, one of the things I was always a little bit jealous of, you might want to uh, lean in just a bit, Okay. is um, he had like a tradition of like a yearly um, trip to Disneyland. Oh, yeah. That was a big guys, thing. Right? We had like three weeks every year. That was part of the visitation deal, and we would go down to Disneyland and... Uh, you know, it it was weird. Like when he when we cleaned out the apartment, all, all, all the matchbooks he had from the Disneyland hotel. Yeah, he had collected one every year, put down the date, and then put down uh-huh. the date and the and you know what where it came in the sequence. And when uh, when I clean, when I had to clean out the place, I found all of those. A there. sentimental guy. Dad was a very sentimental person. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, this I was thinking about this in conjunction with um, uh, today's episode, but but um, the news about Disneyland today and mm-hmm. it's Disneyland. Los An- Anaheim, I think Florida Disney World, and I think even like Disney Europe, whatever the that is Paris, outside of Paris, yeah, yeah. is that they've they're redoing Pirates of the Caribbean again. Oh god, <laughs> okay, how can this be good? <laughs> well, actually, in a way, I, I'm going to side with them. So, like, in, about 20 years ago, they redid. They had you know all the pirates had chased the women around, right? <laughs> because pirates raped. I don't know if anybody raped, right? You know, people uh, people get <laughs> uncomfortable with that. Fact. So then, the, what they did was they added twenty years ago. They added trays <laughs> and with food, so yeah. that the, the pirates were sort of you know gluttonous rather yeah. than rapey and, and chasing mm. the food around. And nevertheless, rapey and gluttonous is what I think it turned it into. <laughs> I don't know that it fixed it all that much. Now they've taken the women off the auction block, oh. sort of like. Um, and you know, I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> well, well, okay. It's, yeah. it, what they've really done is they've taken like the. Um, the sex slave trade mm-hmm. out of a kid's ride at Disneyland. And yeah. It's not, not a horrible Well, they show thing. many things you could show in, a, in an exhibit of what pirates did or something like that. Yeah. But pulling that out, I guess, if you put something in that's that's it, it, <clears throat> that's in the neighborhood of True, I guess, would be okay, right? I, yeah. I yeah. That's why, a, why not pull that out? I, why not pull that out? I just nah. wanted to sort of mention that because yeah. that's it's one of those things where I, I pause and I initially want to sort of say, oh, come on. And I say, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not so bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. And, and I, honestly, I haven't been to 
Uh, I actually haven't been to uh, Disneyland since 1988. That's okay. when I got when I got out of boot camp. Yep. So I don't know. I, wouldn't, I gather it's changed an awful lot. Of I things. imagine a lot of things have changed, right? Yeah, and including me not being able to fit in a number of the rides. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a part of the problem. I know they, they had to dig out. Was it uh, a small world? They had to dig the moat, the uh, the ride uh, channel. Yeah, like lower yeah, because yeah. of all the fat asses. Oh yeah, that were so, like making the boat go boiling, bouncing off the floor. I took my grandkids to some like uh, Great America recently. And there's mm-hmm. been a couple rides. I was sort of no fat boy. You're not getting on that ride. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about it. Then also, like, I was feeling a little... Um, I have not, in the last four months, until about two days ago, I just kind of stopped watching all Louis C.K. Okay. And what part of the reason um, it's not... I certainly wasn't boycotting him. It's just that I kind of felt sad. I can't put another sort of uh, word yeah, to it. I just I sort of felt it. like, you know, I, I love... Watching him was going to bring it back, right? <laughs> watching like, it's going to bring fuck. back, like, oh, this, is this shit gone? Yeah. You know, I just want to clarify, like, there's this whole sort I feel of. Con- that way about my W.D. Griffith, you know, I just can't. Oh, you bastard. But there's this whole sort of. Line- yeah, he's son of a bitch. There's this whole line, you know, from you, you got on the, the, the extreme end, you know, the, the har- through the Me Too movement, the Harvey Weinstein and the, oh, the, right. the, the sort of Kevin Spacey. We're talking absolute rapists. Then we have guys who sort of embody. Um, what what a dick is at work you know like how hard it must be to just sure. sort of be a woman like ah oh, fuck off with your right. cock in my face all the time or your in- innuendos which i totally right. get like i wouldn't want that i think right. um at work <laughs> presumably yeah right. <laughs> but then it's sort of like poor fucking garrison keeler i mean fucking he touched yeah. a woman's back and and wrote a naughty limerick on a chalkboard at a bookstore right. and it's like his career's over and right. I know he's got money, and, and it goes. It seems like it goes a little far. Well, it? Louis like, there's a be difference with between you. these fucking things. Well, it's not only a difference because I think a lot of people will say like, "Well, there's a difference," but you know, I mean, it's wrong. I'm not even sure what he did was wrong. I, I really, I'm not even mm-hmm. sure I'm willing to weigh in and and and, and say it. It is definitely wrong. I, I really don't know. It's, it's, um, it's sort of needed uh, uh, the conversation, but it's going weird places, and I, I know it's already like. Cosmopolitan's being taken <laughs> off the shelf. You seen that's the latest one this week? No, because it's what? sort of like it as attached it's, to it, the to is the booby shaming or something. To the Me Too movement because it's it sexualizes women. Meanwhile, it was like the magazine that actually talked about sexual power and women, right? Forever. I mean, I mean, it never was a magazine for me or right. you. It was a magazine for women to talk about whatever. Pretty or, much, yeah. Or, the orgasm. I think. Now, granted, those, right? it probably went to a. Sad, it got a little sad over the years because how can yeah. you keep talking about the same fucking thing for forty years and have anything intelligent to say after a while? Yeah. But that is weird. That yeah. is fucking strange to me. <laughs> wow. Well, so I think you're bringing this up. You're couching this because we're worried we're going to get boycotted no, after no, this no, episode. No, 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 not at all. No, because I, I would have kept quiet about how I feel about Lucy K if I, if I were worried about stuff. Uh, okay. I think going on record, it's, I don't think he did anything wrong. It's probably <laughs> possibly more damage to me than anything. But that's how I feel. Right. No, I actually am sort of saying it because I'm th- thinking about our episode about the Rat Pack. Talk <laughs> about guys in the business who, first of all, Likely were were rapists. Rapists, pretty cl- <laughs> yeah. The, in the classical definition, cert- aka the legal, <laughs> certainly made life hard for women by just being them, right? And it's sort of, it just sort of, I, I don't know why, because it's like I, I, there's that sort of weird flexibility we have. Because mm. I go back and it's like I fucking love the Rat Pack. <laughs> Everything about the lifestyle, which which goes from mm. sort of like. 
um, you know, Joe Pesci and Casino is one version of it. Like, you know, just keep sort of being a degenerate and right. and and demanding your money back. Mm-hmm. To, to, you know, the sort of like boozy cigarette smoking. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, there's a dame with great legs. It's honey. noon and we're not half hammered. What's going wrong here? Yeah, I mean, I really fucking love the Rat Pack. I love everything about him. I just, yeah. I just, I was thinking about it because a couple of days ago I was watching Louis C.K. and I thought, oh, what would what would the Rat Pack be like now mm-hmm. if those guys were still alive? Uh, They'd be dead. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they were the, the most open about. They were. They were. The fight would be real though. It would seem like they, like this would that would like be a real fight. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Instead of having to chase down Louis C.K., you could like Dean Martin go get that motherfucker. Well, well look, He's yeah. Let's really look at, doing. Let's look this. at the stuff you put on tape. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, because they they were well, like. Wait, did we ever introduce the fact that we're talking about the Rat Pack today? Yeah, it's I did. Just kind of coming out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, these, the Rat Pack was like pre Rolling Stones. Yeah. Before the Rolling Stones were throwing t- televisions out windows, the mm-hmm. Rat Pack w- were acting like assholes. And yes. getting away with it because they were who they were, yeah. and they were drunk in public and fucking around and mm-hmm. fucking everything in sight. And people thought they were the coolest fucking thing on the I planet. I think they're the coolest thing on the planet. And paid money to go watch and be hammered on stages. Well, and it's also like, the resurgence crazy. of like sort of um, you know Brooklyn um, hipsterism, you know that huh? that sort of keeps them alive too. Sure. I love the fucking Rat Pack. I love the Rat yeah. Pack. Now, love the Rat Pack. Always have loved the Rat Pack. I, I was raised. I was raised by a man who who worshipped the Rat Pack. Right. To love the Rat Pack. Right. I don't know. I have. I don't know if I ever had a choice in this. That just is what it is. And here I am. I'm just admitting to it. So right. So so what is the Rat Pack? Now you when we did our um, uh, uh, Spencer Tracy episode, you gave a, a sort of breakdown, and and I'd love to hear that again in a minute. Like, but but in terms of film, there really are only three Rat Pack films as I see it. Uh. Meaning, okay, you have uh, the, who's in the Rat Pack is is a little easier to decipher than who's who are the Marx Brothers. Like Gummo and Zeppo are always sort of question marks. <laughs> right. But the Rat Pack officially, we got um, Frank Sinatra, got Frank Sinatra, D Martin, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Joey Bishop, Joey Bishop, Peter Lawford. I actually should go like descending. Should go Peter Lawford, <laughs> then Joey Bishop, right? Because uh, Joey Bishop was just sort of a like show up once in a while. He was a good friend with Sinatra. That's what he was, and that's really what they were. Right. They were just a bunch of friends, and then there were others as well that were heavily associated. Sort with of it. like Shirley MacLaine, like a, sure, a, right. a honorary Rat Pack or something like that. Right. And I would say anybody who any of the people like like I think Norman Fell might have been just because he was in Oceans, you know, in the Oceans movie. Yeah. I don't know. Hard you to know, say. It's it is really hard to say, but it is those. It is that that core group of people. And now th- that being the case, a lot of Rat Pack movies are. Um, you know, I mean, you're right. There are the ones that are very officially, very obviously Rat Pack movies. Ocean's right. Eleven Blood is the big, is the the, the big the one, flagship. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and then there are other movies. Some came running that have various members of them that are also considered so Rat Pack th- movies. I don't think and they I don't, count. I don't know that. I don't know. Some why came running. You, you got Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. Great. Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, and uh, uh, Sh- uh, Shirley, Shirley McLean. Well, I guess yeah. as the honorary. Then the next year you have um, uh, Never So Few. It's Frank Sinatra. It's Peter Lawford, and then it was supposed to be Sammy Davis Jr., but um, Frank got pissed off at him and replaced him with right, Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, right. That, um, that punk. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have others. There's only one. So so to me, to be a true Rat Pack film, you at least have to have Frank, Dean, and Sammy. You're in right. which case, there's only three films. Mm-hmm. There's Ocean's Eleven. Right. There's Robin and the Seven Hoods. The and Seven then there's Hoods. a movie called Sergeant Three, which I just don't want to count. I've never seen it. It stinks. Oh, okay. So just that's why. Okay, well, good. So we're dealing really with the, with the, the the two that are clear. 
Right. I got to say, I want to point out something that, yeah. okay, so when we talk about the Rat Pack, there are so many interesting things about it. Like, first, yeah. it was originally it wasn't the Rat Pack. The Rat Pack was a group mm-hmm. that hung around with Bogart. Right. And the, the, the name was it was sort of adopted onto them because Frank Sinatra had been sort of part of that. Part group. of the original Rat Pack. Their, their official name was actually, they were considered, they were called the, the Summit or the Clan. The Clan, yeah. That was another <laughs> good name. Good thing they shifted out though. <laughs> right. But it's the other thing, I think, that I think what I think is interesting is that I think there's kind of, mm-hmm. there's almost this modern Rat Pack in essence, going on right now, yeah, and it's based around. Um, oh God, dang it! No, no, Wait, no. You mean a modern rap pack? Well, there there is a sense that <laughs> these movies are made with a, in a, in a given spirit that's kind of going on right now, and I can't remember what's the uh, uh, fucking. Um, I, should, I don't even know where you're going, so sorry. I can't uh, help you Nikki, out. baby, uh, Nikki, baby. No, uh, Nikki, God damn. baby. I'm just gonna riff. I'm gonna riff. Why are you doing this? <laughs> you keep There's doing a modern that. thing, Hello. Nikki, baby. Um, Nikki, baby. Adam Sandler. Adam. I'm thinking of Adam Sandler. Sandler. Like, like the last several movies he's made has basically been, up, like, it's basically been excuses for him and his friends to get together in cool locations and film what's almost barely a movie. Like, mm. in a sense, they they, mm. they have that Rat Pack thing kind of going on there. I think. No, without them being nearly as cool as the Rat Pack. Well, it's was, not just or, about being nearly as cool. I mean, I mean, or good, I, frankly. Well, but I'm not even going to shit on Adam Sandler. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I easily could do that. But, but to be honest with you, I'm not like an Adam Sandler hater. So, so it's not like I, I'm tempted to go down that road. Mm-hmm. What's different is that the Rat Pack not only has certain players, it has a certain lifestyle. And there's nothing about Adam Sandler. In combination with David Spade, I think you're talking about. I think Colin Quinn is like an honorary member. Right. Um, Chris Rock, um, that have any kind of lifestyle. Well, except cool that, or not. No, granted that, but they are like friends. They get together for this thing, and mm-hmm. then I think that's. I think it's it's sort of a kind of a modern spin on it, like without being nearly as good or whatever. You well, know. I think the Rat Pack also involves a credo. I think that's sort uh, of it, right? right. There so is an ethic involved. With so the it's Rat sort pack. of like that when they film <laughs> a horrible racist, rapist well, ethic, rapist racist, but, but it's also like a degenerate ethic in a way, yeah. because when they get together, when they film something, mm-hmm. it's sort of like Frank Sinatra was famous for like one take Frank. And right. you can see it in his movies because there's such awful voiceover <laughs> to sort of, you know, yeah. make ends meet. Right. Um, but, but they would like film and then try to get it done so they could they could go to the casino and then like play around like mm-hmm. as croupiers, you know, and 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 do a little entertaining on the side and then yeah. boozing up. And so it's sort of like that degenerate aspect that's now written into contracts with rock stars as writers uh-huh. was actually sort of just part of their workday ethic. Right, right. And, and and an expectation that you could mix those two. And it's it's sort of probably like um the transition, you know, I, I this is gonna seem like an odd comparison, but in the forties um, the average major league baseball player made seven times what a blue collar working man made. Sure. Now it's like 170 <laughs> times as much as the average, you know what I mean? Right. So it's sort of like that distance that happened in the like mid to late fifties where you had admiration for those who were that far ahead of you right. in life, you right. know, financially in terms of, you know, the access to and just fucking cool. <laughs> well, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm sort of cool trying to break it sense... down. Like it's, yeah, it's cool, the, but cool, but cool in the sense that cool was coming, coming into <laughs> being at that time. Yeah. You know, as, as it was, and they, and they were just like right on that edge. Like Frank Sinatra was that definition. Yeah. That's an amazing place for, for any entertainer. There's a name. great, you know, um, uh, when they got together in the eighties, um, to do, I, I forget what's called like the main event or, or something crazy. It was like, it was, <laughs> Dean, Sammy, mm-hmm. and and Frank, and they were doing like uh, arenas. They were finally like, "Fuck it, let's make some actual money here by playing to eighteen thousand people. We'll sure. each go on for like twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. We'll charge at that time in the like nineteen eighty seven like thirty 
dollars, which is kind of unheard of for a concert, right? right? right. And we'll just sort of like sleepwalk our, our way through our acts in our seventies. They, they did a press conference first of all, <laughs> and I don't know if I told the story before, but but um, um, some sort of reporter asked them about um, smoking uh-huh. and said, you know, in today's day and age, you know, smoking is no longer in vogue. And you know, are you worried that you'll be poor role models? And Frank, Frank and Sammy, both sort of aware of the world around them still, said, uh, said uh, oh, Conspicuous well. Conspicuous by his absence. Go. We, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've certainly cut down. and we, we don't really smoke on stage that much anymore. Mm. And Dean was just like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? I, why do I give a shit if anyone else smokes or if young people smoke? Kids, smoke. I don't care. You know, it's sort of like they, they you know, he was the last one. And, of course, yeah. Famously, a couple of nights into the tour, oh yeah, he. Do you remember this story? Well, no, I know, I know, I know the story. Some woman was was he was, Dean was on stage, and some woman was was requesting a song, and he called her a cunt and threw a cigarette at her, his lit cigarette, which was terrible. Right, right, absolutely, uh, which is wrong. Well, but was funny. Waste of a good cigarette, yeah, certainly, because so. <laughs> she didn't pick it up because she wasn't cool like Dean. I guess pick it up right. and smoke. Now that would be fucking cool. Well, I mean, pick up that cigarette and then smoke it right back at him, so right at you. Dean. Then I'll do that. That'd be fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, honey. That'd be badass. Well, I mean, you know, whether it's like Led Zeppelin or the Stones or or whoever later on in their awful sort of rock star behavior, they were all sort of given marching orders in a way by the, the history of the rap act. Yeah. And and it, it's what makes them, yes, awful, but also kind of awfully cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so all of this is to say we're talking about the rap pack and, uh, and um, talking about 1960s Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven. Oceans. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty simple, um, uh, straightforward idea. Right. Let's right? make another movie on this. Oh my god. Well, okay. Anyways, but well, look, we can talk about that first. I've never second. seen that. I've I never have. seen that. And not even just be, initially because I was yeah. like, "Fuck you." Yeah. And, then, and then later on, when I heard it was good, I was like, "And yeah, I just haven't gotten around to it." Well, okay. So I mean, I I'm. I like George Clooney. I like oh, Brad Pitt. I think yeah. they kind of embody the modern version of, of classic movie stars. Right. I don't have a problem with them. Yeah. Um, I would sort of begrudgingly finally watched Ocean's Eleven like 10 years ago or something. And it actually was decent. Yeah. Um, it's just that, the, you know, what what George Clooney's Ocean's Eleven is about is about a bank heist. Right. And what the Rat Pack's Ocean Eleven is about is <laughs> knocking just, over the mob-held casinos in Vegas. Well, but it's also a, the bank heist is just the flimsiest excuse for this film. Right. It's really just a film that allows the Rat Pack to get together and Rat Pack it up. Yeah. That's really what it's about. And right. sort of like you know, the guys are being ex-army buddies. They get together yeah. and they just they do this because ex-army buddies were knocking shit over all the time. Back so it's, then. it's Danny Ocean who's, Danny who's Ocean. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. He, even in, in film, he has to be the leader, right? Of course, of course. And and um, some sort of you know backed by some Russian mob. Like uh, an in between or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, Danny Ocean, as played by Frank Sinatra, gets together ten of his pals mm-hmm. to to all play different roles to knock over basically all the casinos at that time on the strip, or all the major five major casinos. Right, they were all uh, what paratroopers in the yeah. first in the I'm sorry in the second world. War. This is like the anti band of brother. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah, like that. Look, let's yeah. get back together. We have all these skills. Yeah, let's put them to use. Let's knock over some uh, some casinos so, in Vegas. Yeah, I mean it was it's pretty complete. simple back then. I mean this is why the the, the remake is not totally uncalled for either. Because the bank heist part of it, 
you know, in in two thousand whatever that that Clooney and and his friends remade it, they can do a lot of special effects that just yeah. went around. And nineteen sixty was like, we'll cut the wires to Vegas <laughs> and the lights will go off. <laughs> Everything that controls this casino is in a cage outside unguarded. Yeah, do it. let's do it. Yeah, so it's really just that. It's like you know, it's 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 like walk through the planning of of um, knocking over all of Las Vegas. Um, there's little storylines like one guy has a um, a kid he rarely gets to see, and this will he be got- his way of like. Um, getting financially secure again, so he can be a father again. Right. This is the, he's the hard luck character, right? Who spent some time in prison, so they're a little worried about him to begin with. And he yeah. finds out in prison he's got cancer; he's got no more time to catch up. Yeah, this is his chance to leave something for his kid. But, yeah, right. and, and and it's it's just oh. really that. Go ahead. Oh, and Angie Dickinson, oh, yeah. looking lovely as ever, is yeah. Danny I Ocean's. At all for Dan, I know you know, but Danny, he's uh, she is Danny Ocean's ex. Yeah, uh, and she's uh, she she happens to be in Vegas as the Caesar. Yeah. Oh, Oh, it's such a great thing. All yeah. right, so they knock over Vegas. Well, I mean, but but as they're sort of planning it and 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 getting the group together and 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 trying out their ideas, and you know, it's not even very suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to sort of lay down the, the moral code of the Rat Pack in 1960. So, like, I remember really in an interesting fashion, Frank Sinatra clearly has slept with some sort of random Vegas woman mm-hmm. and and she's like you know giving him a hard time he's like listen sweetie you knew what this was hit right. the bricks you know like <laughs> and it's like it's right out there 1960 mm-hmm. like this is the, the the sort of ethic of the rat bag you right. know right right and yeah. they, and 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 you know I don't know who, who's your favorite of the rat bag who's my favorite of the rat bag yeah. oh Jesus Christ I know who I don't like, but that, go ahead. Fucking Lawford, get out of here! I never liked Peter Lawford. My favorite, Dean. I'm gonna go Dino. Yeah, me too. Dino in this movie plays almost like the man who's almost as respected as Danny Ocean, but not quite. Which is basically what he plays in every Rat Pack movie. Yep, he's he's the second in command behind uh, behind um, Franco. You know, you know, Dino said one time. You know, if you laid all of Frank's friends from end to end, pause. And I'm pretty sure he has. Like he didn't even finish. He, his jokes didn't even make grammatical sense, and it was just like fine, uh, you know. You know. Oh, the, you know. The, I had a dream last night that I was eating an enormous marshmallow. I woke up the next morning, no pillow. <laughs> that's the kind of joke he told on stage. Was that? Oh yeah. Okay. That's, that's Dean Martin. Joke. Dean Martin's fantastic. He's a lovable guy. I mean, mm-hmm. Dean Martin, like like Sinatra, and probably Sammy, um, was kind of an asshole in real life. Yeah. Uh, but cool as as can be, the guy who's the most talented is. Probably Sammy. Clearly Sammy. Like, yeah. could sing, dance, so forth. But somehow, you know, it's a weird thing because well, Frank and, and Dean mm-hmm. um, did a lot to sort of like, fuck you. He's staying at these hotels that, right. you know, he's not allowed to stay at. This is ridiculous. All this sort of stuff. But in the end, it's like it's Sammy himself who is the most silly about himself. Yeah. And it's a little bit embarrassing with some of like the little Jerry Lewis type voices he does to mm. try to keep his end. I wish he could relax more. Yeah, but he was a black man playing that game right there. Yeah. That was what a what a fucking balancing act. Yeah, no do. kidding. Because yeah, they did like get him into hotels and stuff like yeah. that. But you heard them say racist shit to him on stage. If yeah, you I don't listen know to any much, of those recordings. Yeah, no yeah. question about no, it. No, I, no, no, and I grant it, yeah, they were joking, but it's there's that point where it's not really a joke, and he's like still having to play it off, yeah, I right? I think you're right about that. So I'm going to have to get I mean, his nickname from Frank was Smokey. Yeah, and same like, from yeah. There you go, buddy. Like, okay. So, but, I mean, he was part of the coolest thing in fucking town. How do you not go with that? Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's like any, it, yeah. But, and well, maybe also, he loved him, and maybe, maybe he did like there that. Is a you never know. You never know with Sammy if you actually like these fucking people. Which also, I think, probably relieved a lot of white people. Like, ah, see? You just got to play around with 
Rocky oh, Black Friends, absolutely. you know? <laughs> yeah, what was that one? The fucking Saturday Night Live thing with the, the, black, the old black entertainer uh-huh. and white people. Would, his gimmick was white people could like pat him on the head. Yeah. It was eventually hung by black people. Yeah. I mean, the Sammy Davis unfortunately comes into that, come, get, falls victim to that kind of flack yep. a little bit later on. Yeah. But he was, you know, what do you want to say? Like a working entertainer, what choice did this fucking guy have? Yeah, yeah. And then you got Joey Bishop, who's like, I, I don't feel one way or another about him. He's just the fifth guy. He right. definitely is the gummo yeah. of the group. Right. Yeah. Anyways, so, Peter I don't know that we've even talked about Ocean's <laughs> Eleven much, but I don't we know really that you haven't. can talk about Ocean's Eleven much. You can yeah. only really talk about the Rat Pack and say they're in a movie. It's a great <laughs> a movie. It's, it's a it's fun a, movie. And it's a fun goddamn movie. Is, yeah. it, a, is it a well-written movie? No. A fabulous movie? No. Nah, it's definitely not that. No. But it's great. And if you like the, if you like the remake, go watch this. Go check this out. The, here's here's what you're watching. What you're watching is a bunch of friends having a lot of fun making a movie. Yeah, no question Being about it. the fucking Rat Pack. Take that. Yeah, so then Boom. then we transition to 1964's Robin and the Seven Hoods, <laughs> which is actually, I mean, I mean, okay. so like in terms of the canon of the Rat Pack, Ocean's Eleven is like, like you say, the, the flagship movie. The flagship, yeah. I like Robin and the Seven Hoods more. It's a more enjoyable movie to me as a movie. Okay. It's actually for a minute when I was a kid, literally for maybe half a year, um, it was my favorite movie. Okay, okay. Well, that's, that also, I mean, you have a, you have a contrary streak in you, so that may, that may, might have been a little part of it. But nevertheless, so here's my thing. I've never seen it before. We yep. watched it today earlier. Sort of. And, <laughs> yep. uh, fuck, it's, um, here's one of the things that's different between it and Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's mm-hmm. Eleven has music in it. Mm-hmm. Right? They're entertainers. They're in Vegas. Some of them are singing. You know, it has entertaining moments where they're singing or doing this and that. Yep. Whereas Robin and the Seven Hoods is a musical. Yep. As a musical, I find it, I found it incredibly flawed. I found basically like yeah, people doing like like one of the things in a musical that you will look for is like is the song have anything to do with what the fuck is happening on screen? Mm-hmm. And really only one song in the entire thing had that which going was for that? it, which was My Kind of Town. Which of course happens to be the best song in the thing. So I didn't like the musical aspect of this movie very much at all. Uh, oh, do you mean oh I th- I see what you mean. Do you mean that the song has something to do with the storyline? Right. I mean as like a big the, picture. Right. Okay, so uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Dean Martin's introductory thing is about how he likes men who try, who love their mother. Like yeah. what does that fucking have to do with anything going on? Is that important to you in a musical? All? Sometimes yeah, it is actually. Uh, it is. I mean that's what kind of makes a musical actually work for me. That's, if, I don't care about that at all because that's always what loses me in a musical is that they're suddenly singing. So so it doesn't have to be on target for me because the whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. It just it, it just it bugged me. It's not a heavy musical though. I wouldn't say it's like constantly going into song. No, no. But but some of the, but the songs are also not great. My kind of town is definitely the best song in the whole thing. So as a musical, I didn't like I, it at all. What about uh, UV that got? Oh, you haven't got style. Uh, okay, that's a decent one. That's a that's a decent one. Yeah. Well, we should we should sort of back up and say this. This is a film that was originally slotted to have four of the five regulars, right? right. So it was Dean, Sammy, Frank, and it was supposed to be Peter Lawford. Peter, right? And what happened was the following: JFK got killed, and uh, so um, Peter Lawford, who was a cousin, right. Um, he married. Was he a cousin, or he married into it? He married into the Schreibers. I believe he had some sort of connection to JFK right. through marriage, and that was always a, a big fucking hard on for Frank Sinatra, right? Yeah, right. He, um, as soon as JFK got killed, which is in pre-production of this film, mm-hmm. they dropped Lawford forever, right? Like, or Frank did. Well, like that was a the hot thing. I mean, because because like Frank apparently the the reason Lawford was in is because Frank wanted to get to had a boner for the Kennedys and yeah. wanted to be introduced to Jack. Right. So anyway. What's interesting to me, though, is there was another episode that happened a year before this film went into production, and it was Frank had a, a place out in Palm Springs, 
and so did Bing Crosby. Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean, Bing Crosby's sort of the elder statesman of the Rat Pack, different as he is from the Rat Pack in right. many ways, although mm-hmm. he's an asshole also. Right. Um, he, they just sort of looked up to him. And, in fact, um, Dean Martin modeled himself after Bing Crosby probably more than anyone in terms of his own singing style. Okay, fair enough. But Frank Frank sort of had this sort of like elder – he'd done high society with them, you know, eight or something years before. And um, JFK the year before was supposed to come into Palm, Palm Springs and um, stay at the, the Sinatra compound. Uh-huh. And at the last minute, JFK decided that was a bad idea because of Frank's mob, mob. connection. <laughs> and he mob stayed connection. with Bing Crosby instead. And uh, Frank Sinatra had had like a, um, a heliport specially mm. made for JFK to come in. And the story goes that he went out with a sledgehammer and just started like beating yeah, that like, heliport to death. Oh, shit. <laughs> like he was wow. so angry. Oh, yeah. So I'm really kind of surprised that he let it go and, and had Bing Crosby come in. But that's how much he gave a shit about Peter Lawford after that connection was right, done. Right. So you have, you have the three of them. Then you have. Um, Bing Crosby coming in in this this ridiculous role. So so the idea is you have Robbo, who is um, the Frank Sinatra character in 1920s Chicago. Yes. And you have a new leader um, by virtue of having rubbed out the old leader on the other side, the old leader being Edward G. Robinson, rubbed yeah. out by Peter Falk, who, I gotta say, I hate to say this, man, Peter Falk steals this fucking movie for me. Peter Falk. He's so good. It occurred to me today for the first time, he is the perfect combination of Andrew Dice Clay and mm. Lou Costello. Sure, okay. He's those That's two good. guys. He's so fucking great in this movie. He's yeah, so, he's fantastic. He makes this movie work for me it's so It's also a movie that that um, the, the opening scene borrows heavily from uh, the ending of Some Like It Hot. Oh, you think so? Yeah. And, but <laughs> also, and then a lot of the rest of it borrows mm. a bit from like Pocket Full of Miracles, which which yeah. Falk was also in. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's, it's. I mean, I would say shameless because it's, again, not a movie that would even care. At all about what it's borrowing from. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that wants to call this almost not a movie in some senses. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. Because it's got far. so many things going on that are like superfluous and have much more to do with the people in the scene. It did remind me of our conversation about um, Viva Las Vegas. I, yeah. That one I called not yeah. a movie. I wouldn't go as far with this one, but I, I know where you're going with it's it. It's in yeah. that neighborhood, yeah. Yeah, well, it's really, it's 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 about now the warring factions, right? So it's like right. Ramo, um, who's like Robbo. close to, uh, Rabo, Rabo Hood. Um, I know there's a whole oh, it comes, that sort comes, of Robin that's coming Hood. shortly, folks. It's bad, it's bad. But um, you know, as the underdog to mm. Peter Falk's new sort of empire, right? Um, but this syndicate, this movie, when I was a kid, it had me fucking howling at oh. the different things. So they they yeah. would get rid of like um, a, a, a sheriff. And they'd, they'd um, put him, squeeze him into a, a cornerstone of a new building mm. and then say, you might even say he's the cornerstone of this institution. Right. And well, I would just run around the house howling with laughter <laughs> at this movie. Well, it's really, it's pretty funny. The it's movie like, is actually very funny. <laughs> it's got some really cornball humor. cornball, like wonderful cornball humor moments. Oh, the fucking, the one, and of course the scene that, just I loved when I was a kid was the scene that, where they redo the gambling joint. Uh, Frank Sinatra redoes a gambling joint so that when the cops, whenever the cops are coming to sort of bust the place, they get a signal right. and all the gambling 
um, goes into the wall, and yeah. the walls flip, and it becomes um, like a, a, a down and out Skid Road church. Yeah, it's like it's like the walls flip. It's like everything you've seen in like movies that like you know, oh, the cops are coming, and then they flip the table. Except these are like robotic animatronic and everything in the fucking thing changed. All I wanted after seeing that as a kid was something to hide and a way yeah. to hide it. Right. Oh, yeah. It turned out to be a love of transvestites and a terry cloth robe. Who knew? But, okay. but uh, yeah, wow. I mean, that's, you know. Okay. In silence. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's the silence of judgment. Don't worry uh, no about problem. it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, anyway, so, and talk about the, the Robin Hood aspect, if you can. Oh, God damn it. Well, so the Robin Hood aspect is, <laughs> so they come across Bean Crosby. Bean Crosby, apparently, I, I, he's um, like worked for a minister or something. Anyways, nerd. He comes on board, he becomes a hood, and he gets very happy about being a hood. Yeah. Uh, and then he, but his whole thing was uh, basically turning, um, you know, using charity to get the get people of uh, Chicago on the side of Robbo, the, the the criminal. So yeah. he does. He sets up several charitable institutions. Robbo sets them up, backs them up because basically Robbo has no other. Like he is, he, like the sheriff is in the pocket of Peter Falk. Yeah. Like the power structure. Yeah. So he's going the other route, which is enlisting the aid of the people, but uh, not not as a front. Some weird. That's a that's a big failure of the movie. Is that somehow mm-hmm. he's not also using this as a front well, for institutions? He's yeah, he's a great. He's a criminal with a heart of heart gold. gold. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. he has to be because he's Frank Sinatra and he's yeah. got PR. But uh, yeah, so that, that does kind of fall apart a little bit on that one. Yeah. Meanwhile, the, the ex-boss who got killed, his uh, his uh, chunky daughter, uh, comes rolling into town mm. and she has she wants to take over. Barbara Rush. Yeah, she, she, makes, she makes a grab at it by way of uh, using... Um, so back to the Robin Hood, another Robin Hood element, mm-hmm. uh, which is that Dean Martin's character is named Big John. Yeah. So, you know, so she tries. So she tries to take over via him, unsuccessfully. Yeah, she's not a maid Marion though. No, no, but she is named Marion. So that's right. Yeah, that's weird. So, so they're they're playing all these little angles. It's really kind of cute how they manage to sort of shrink that in. Oh, so for instance, uh, what's his name? Um, Bing Crosby's character is named Alan Adale. So yeah. there you go. I mean, it's taking all those all those disparate like little pieces of um, Robin Hood Ania. Yeah, guess one I guess. Say, yeah, and then just sprinkling it kind of willy nilly over every fucking thing. Yeah. So you're are you saying in general that you didn't like this movie or just just the musical part of it? I hated the musical part of it, and I like the movie. Mm, okay. The movie was just enjoyable as hell. If they could have, if I could find a way to pull out the musical parts of it, I probably would have. The only musical, I mean, I'm, I don't like musicals, but I didn't mind the music aspects of this. The only one I didn't like was a Sammy's big moment where, oh, um, <laughs> God damn it. Is that like the gayest dance you've ever seen? That's just one of the fruitiest my, dances. My ever son, seen. um, God when he was it. a lot younger, I'm talking like <laughs> 10 years old, his gr- now departed, uh, grandfather got him into this sort of club and it was like, uh, you made your own rifles. You made your own rifles. Oh, wow. The rifles you made were sort of, um, to the specs of like the 19th century old West. Sure. Then you dressed up with other adults, essentially. There were a couple of kids in the club um, in cowboy outfits with your homemade rifles. And mm-hmm. I forget what they called it, but you, you went out and, I don't know, shot a reenactment thing, I guess. It wasn't fully reenactment. It was sort of like that. And I remember one time I went to pick him up, and one of the character guys, this adult's name, who, who was part of the group, his name was Yancey. Oh, my. And he was like, "Hi, I'm Yancey. We love." And he, this is a pretty much a quote from him. We make we make guns here. Bang bang. 
I was like, oh, Yancey. <laughs> and that's how I felt about Sammy's dance. Oh, it was God. outrageous. Just incredibly fruity. And it was obviously just, okay. I, I guess you're like, Sammy, okay, you got, you've got a number in the middle well, of the Sammy show. Well, Sammy was a half a fruit. I mean, actually, come he, on. It, well, he just, ooh, man, he fucking took advantage of all of it. And when the, my favorite moment of that scene, actually, is watching the gangsters. Because it all, it's all, the context of that little scene is they're coming over to Peter Falk's uh, speakeasy to yeah. rip it up, to tear it up. Yeah. And meanwhile, well, if you cut, if you like cut back just before Sammy starts, like all the gangsters are like taking like you know uh, sledgehammers to yep. tables and not succeeding, yeah, <laughs> at all until Sammy takes over and it does a dance number where he's shooting everything into little bits and pieces. It's um, yeah, I I think this is I mean it's, it, this is a kind of an embarrassing to me moment. it's a classic case this film of just like um, not a great film but super super enjoyable. Sure, sure. I like it. Yeah, I, I'd recommend. Which it. I would I'd, I feel the same way about uh, Ocean's Eleven. The problem with Ocean's Eleven is for me mm, is I just I've seen it too many times yeah. to be able to sort of feel a refreshed sense of like this is really entertaining. It, it just it's it's almost like a, a a piece of history. It's like having a favorite Bible passage or something like that. I think sure it's exactly in like that. that. In that you're just, in what that, I was you're just gonna go like people. You're like what's your you know like it's like it's something you you adore even though you're kind of you maybe you, you've seen it too many times. Oh, okay. You've recited it too many times. It's yep. still your favorite thing. Yeah. And in that sense, like Ocean's Eleven will always be one of my top. Well, you know what we would say on this podcast, minutes. and with a perfect analogy, Tom. Absolutely. There it is. Well, um, I think we're basically giving a, a thumbs up, although tepidly on your part, for Robin and the Seven Hoods. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, Ocean's Eleven, two thumbs up. Yeah. Yep. Three. Okay. Um, <laughs> we want to thank you. We forgot to thank you at the beginning of this episode for being a Patreon subscriber. Uh, we were too busy talking about rat packs and Rat such. packing it away. But clearly you are, and we thank you. And I guess all we can ask for you from you is to ask or tell a friend about it. Yeah, absolutely. Tell a friend. Keep, you know, keep... Uh, keep keep listening. Uh, yeah, rate and review us on it. iTunes. Please, please rate and review us on iTunes. And then you have maybe a little business, Tommy? Yeah. Got a website. You guys have heard it already a million times. It's uh, tomsmithcomedy.com. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. I try to keep it updated with uh, my gigs. Yep. Uh, and that's going to be very relevant to you if you're in the Fresno area. All right. Okay. All right, Tommy. Let's go. I love you, buddy. No, I love you. <laughs>